Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And welcome, everyone, to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Jeff Figgs, Senior Pastor at Calvary Chapel Greeley in Colorado here, Northern Colorado, and I am broadcasting on the Grace FM radio network, so blessed to be with you on this afternoon or evening, wherever you're at in the country, or maybe perhaps it's the next day, if you're listening overseas, uh, we have people that listen uh, from Ukraine and in Europe and and even South Africa and places like that. So whoever you are, welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. It is Tuesday here in Colorado, and uh, it is uh, also uh, afternoon, and it is the 7th of February, and we are one week into February and just moving along in in this year. So, so glad that you can join us. I do want to welcome all of you that are listening on the Grace FM radio network, two stations, 101.7 in Southern Colorado, that is Pueblo, Fountain, and Colorado Springs, and then a huge signal up north in uh, Castle Rock, Parker, up north into Southern Wyoming along the Front Range, and that's 89.7. Welcome on this Tuesday afternoon. Pray you're doing well. I invite you to give me a call. We got all open lines. As soon as the phone lines start ringing, we'll go to the phones. But you have the opportunity to be able to call me at 303-690-3000 and ask me questions or to give a prayer request and love for you to be able to do that. And so welcome, Grace FM listeners. I want to welcome all those who are listening on Radio by Grace and uh, want to be uh, just um, able to talk with you as well. I believe 77 stations now, Radio by Grace uh, Network, and uh, so glad that you guys have joined our Calvary Live family. And then also online listeners, you are listening live on this Tuesday again, February the 7th, just a date to mark today's program. And then also those of you who are listening on the East Coast, Hope FM, Truth FM, uh, and then in Idaho, Higher Rock Radio, you are week delayed and love to be able to talk with you. And we also got all the online listeners. Uh, you can give me a call. Got all open lines, 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. And there's another way for you to be able to c- communicate to me a um, prayer request or a question, and that's through a dedicated text line. That's a different number, 720 336 0897. And so get those two numbers in your contacts. You can pull it up and you can text us a message, a prayer request, a question. And if we have time uh, in between calls, we'll go to the text lines. And then the uh, call in number is 303 690 3000. Love to talk with you. And we will go to the phone lines in just a little bit. And love to be able to, to ask your question or your prayer request as well. Well, so looking forward to what the Lord has for us in this um, hour that we have of Calvary Live. It goes by quickly, so I'd love for you to be able to 
uh, ask those questions. There's a question that came in on the text, and and uh, we'll talk a little bit about it. It's an interesting, a very important question that somebody was texting, pray for me as I wait on the Lord to work in my life. And um, I, I think that waiting on the Lord can be a very difficult thing, uh, but it's a very important thing in our lives. And uh, we are called to wait on the Lord at times. When we pray, and sometimes people will ask me, when you know, why should we pray if God's going to do his will, um, if he's going to sovereignly work, uh, we're invited to pray. The Lord wants us to seek him. He asks us to go to him. And a lot of times when we pray, um, he, he will answer. Uh, he will answer either yes or he'll answer no. Or a lot of times he says, wait. And waiting on the Lord can be something that can be very difficult for us. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that as we continue in the show, because I think there's an important principle in our lives to apply as we're waiting on the Lord. It's not an easy thing. And I know that some of you that are listening right now, that you're waiting on the Lord. You're waiting on the Lord to work in your life. You're waiting on the Lord um, on something he's put on your heart. Uh, and you're thinking, is this ever going to happen? Lord, uh, how long do I need to wait? And I just want to encourage you in the things of the Lord. But we are going to go to the phone lines. We've got a couple open lines. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. Again, that text line is 720-336-0897. We're going to go to Iowa, to Davenport. John? John, are you there? Yes. You're on Calvary Live. Yes. Um, Pastor, how did they determine in the Bible the days of the week? How, how do they know that... You know, Mondays and Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, the whole works, you know. How do they determine that? Well, a lot of times it's told to us, like, for example, we do know that it is, you know, in creation, when you go to the book of Genesis, and we all know that he created the heavens and the earth in six days, and on the seventh day that he would say he would rest from from creating. When the children of Israel go out into the wilderness— the Lord says that you work six days, and in the seventh day, the Sabbath day, shall be a day of rest. And just as God created the heavens and the earth in six days and rested on the seventh, you shall work six days and rest on the Sabbath. So the Sabbath day uh, was a day of rest. So you go through the scriptures, and oftentimes it will speak of the Sabbath day. There would be times of feast that would uh, be appointed, and and so there are dates given on the feast, you know, the, the major feast that would take place, uh, Passover, um, Pentecost, uh, the Feast of Tabernacles later on in the New Testament. So that's how they determined days. They also would uh, follow a lunar calendar as well, a new moon. They would, uh, you mentioned that, uh, or it's mentioned in the New Test, uh, Old Testament of the new moons and things like that. <clears throat> when you go to the New Testament, you see that Jesus rose on the first day of the week. That would be Sunday. That's how we know that Jesus rose on a Sunday, because it's, it's given to us very specifically there in the Scripture. So, of course, we went to a Roman calendar, um, you know, you know, um, as you see uh, as well. So there's different um, ways that they know different days, um, different feasts that took place, 
first day of the week. It was on Sunday. The Sabbath day, of course, was on the Sabbath, Saturday, things like that. You can determine days and and things like that. Okay. So is your Sabbath Saturday? Well, the Sabbath is on Saturday, and so you get into a whole different discussion about, you know, do we do you, we as in the New Testament do we worship on the Sabbath day? We can worship on the Sabbath day, but we also have liberties. What the Scripture says is you you can go to Romans chapter fourteen, and Paul says that one man esteems one day above another, one man esteems every day. Like you be convinced in your own mind. One man esteems one day to the Lord, another day, you know, not unto the Lord. And so he's talking about that liberty. To me, every day is to be one that we can celebrate the Lord, we can meet in the body of Christ, we can have worship. We know that in the New Testament, I think that there's evidence there that the church began to meet on the first day of the week. You can read that in Acts chapter 20, uh, when Paul was uh, speaking there in Troash, and on the first day of the week, he would say in 1 Corinthians chapter 16 that when I come and get a collection, I'm going to do it on the first day of the week. Uh, that's when they were having church. So um, the Christians began to meet on the first day of the week because that was the day of the resurrection of the Lord. So I tell people if they want to celebrate the Sabbath and keep the Sabbath, then do it. If that's your conviction as unto the Lord, me, we traditionally meet here on Sundays for our services. But John, also, we have, for example, tonight, we have men's study, we have lady studies. We're going to have a lot of people here at the church, the body of Christ. Tomorrow, we have youth that meets. Thursday, we have another uh, lady study. Friday, we have young adults. Saturday morning, we have a ministry class that I'm teaching. So we're, we're meeting the body of Christ every week. And, um, and well, so it, it's just a wonderful thing to be able to do that. Well, Pastor, I'm a Seventh-day Adventist, mm-hmm. and we, our, our Sabbath is Saturday. Right. Yeah. I don't and, know if you know you anything know, about Seventh-day Adventist. I don't know. <laughs> well, I do know a few things about Seventh-day Adventist. Um, I'm not an expert on it, but, you know, we meet on the first day of the week. Um, yes. I do not believe that what some have held to seven-day Adventists, that um, that if you worship on Sunday, you take the mark of the beast. Uh, that's not scriptural um, at all. So, um, or you worship, there's other groups that say you worship the sun god. Well, then you can say if you worship on Saturday, you worship the god of Saturn. Um, the New Testament gives us liberty that we can worship. The early church did it in the very beginning of the you know church age when the church was born in Acts chapter two, and and I see that that they went from house to house daily, uh, breaking bread, praising God, and the Lord added to the church daily as such as being saved. So I think that that. The New Testament is very clear that we're not to judge anyone on Sabbaths, new moons, festivals. And uh, you want to keep the Sabbath, that's between you and the Lord. But I'm one that I happen to esteem every day alike. So, hey, John, I appreciate your call from Iowa. Oh, God bless you. Uh-huh. The Catholic Church okay. changed from Saturday to Sunday. No, they the early Christians. It. Yeah, the early church was meeting on Sunday. It's it's evidence in the New Testament. I just gave you the scripture. So, John, thanks. We're going to move on. So, 303 690 3000 is the call in number. 
Text line 7203360897. Paul says, I'm going to come on the first day of the week to take that collection to the Corinthians because that's the day they met. And we also know that Paul was teaching, you know, the disciples there on the first day of the week. That's when that young man fell out of the window uh, when he fell asleep and he fell down dead. And Paul went down and healed him and then went right back up and started teaching once again. So, um, you know, the Christians were meeting. They were meeting every day, according to Acts chapter 2, right after the birth of the church and meeting from house to house. We are going to go to 303-690-3000. When somebody hangs up, there's an open line, the text line 720-336-0897. Chloe in Colorado Springs. Chloe? Yes. Hi. Thank you so much. You're welcome so much. You're on Calvary Live. Well, thank you for taking the time to speak to me. How are you today? I am good. How are you? Doing good. Uh Good. I was listening to the radio on my way home, and I heard you talking about waiting for the Lord, and it seems like that's on a lot of people's hearts today. And yeah. my husband and I have been in a time of waiting for months. He was recently deployed and returned in July, but since he returned, there's been some medical issues, and we haven't been able to get any financial assistance or timeline on that so it's put a stressful and financial struggle on us and it's prevented us from being able to move forward in several areas of our lives and it's just been difficult in this time of waiting you know to try and be patient in the lord i finished my biblical degree in july as well and i my last semester i just felt so close to god i would be in his word every day and i was like yes we'll get through this difficult time but now we're both so busy with work that I'm finding trouble really feeling God's presence. Yeah. And you know what? He's still there. Chloe, he's still there. And, you know, sometimes that in those times of waiting, we wonder, Lord, where are you? You know, do you hear me? Do you see me? First of all, I want to say thank you for your husband's service. Oh, you're you're welcome. And as you're waiting on the Lord, um, it can be hard. Um, We live kind of in an instant world. Uh, We live in a world where we like things to happen right away. I know for me, I get very impatient. I want things to happen right away. The Lord puts something on my heart. Um, There's something that I desire. I want the Lord to work in this way. And, you know, he, he says, wait, I want you to wait on me. But it's important for us as Christians to learn to wait. And we are talking a little bit about this even as uh, the ministry class that I'm doing on Saturday mornings, endurance, and we're called to endure. And the writer of Hebrews says you have need to endure. But we do know that the Scripture tells us that in Isaiah chapter 41, that as we wait on the Lord, he says that he'll renew their strength like eagles' wings, and you'll be able to run and not be weary and walk and not faint. And the Lord says that as we wait on him, he desires to strengthen us. And then you can go to Isaiah chapter 30. I was, I think about that, how the Lord said, come to me. He was talking to the children of Israel. He says, woe to you, for you seek counsel, but not of me. And you go to Egypt, you know, the fast Arabian horses aren't going to help you. 
Pharaoh's wisdom's not going to benefit you, but you need to come to me and return to me is going to be your confidence. And he would say, not only turning to me and, and calling out to me, but then he says, as you wait on me, he promises that he'll be gracious to you. So as we wait on the Lord, he, he's going to strengthen us. He's going to be gracious to us. But I love what Lamentations chapter 3 says. Um, Lamentations, you read that that little book after Jeremiah, it's a lament. It's like a funeral for the city of Jerusalem as Jeremiah saw that the city was destroyed. But there's some incredible comfort that is also found in the midst of that lamenting. And as you're lamenting, kind of, Lord, we can't move forward. Uh, my husband's got health issues. I finish, you know, um, classes and biblical degree, which I think is wonderful. You know, where am I supposed to move forward in this and being used of you? I felt so close to you, Lord. And I, I just feel distant from you. And the Lord says in that difficult time, that through the Lord's mercy we're not consumed because his compassion fails not. And they are new every morning. And great is your faithfulness. And the Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, therefore I hope in him. And the Lord is good to those who wait on him, to the soul who seeks him. And it is good that one should hope and wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. It is good for a man to, to wait on the Lord. And so we wait quietly, and the Lord promises to be good to you, and that his compassion never fails, and your hope is in him, and you can trust in him. You can trust in him that he's still working. And we may not think that. We may not see anything happening. But remember, is you know, you got a biblical degree that it was Jeremiah chapter 4 that Zerubbabel was told, don't despise the day of small things. And the hands that started building the temple are going to be the hands that finish it, Zerubbabel, but it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. And Chloe, he's with you. You just keep waiting. And our God is able. Our God is able. And it's like Abraham. Remember how he waited 25 years for the promise to come to pass? And there are times where we wait, but know that the Lord is still working. And he wants to work in your life and your husband's life. And you're going to see that he's going to be faithful and he's going to be compassionate. And great is your faithfulness, Lord, and your mercies are new every morning. So I hope that encourages you. No, thank you so much, Pastor. I I believe I need to turn my devotion time into Isaiah for the next few weeks. And the Psalms. And the Psalms, you know, whenever, (laughs) yeah, whenever I'm feeling, you know, I find great comfort from the Psalms. But Isaiah as well, especially those chapters 40 and, you know, to the end of the book, they bring such comfort in that the Lord is our help. And the Lord, you know, even in the desert, he makes, you know, a, a river that comes and he will uphold us in his right hand. All those promises that are there, he will hold us in his arms. And it's for you, Chloe. And, you know, it, like I said, as we wait on him, it's the time to draw close to him. But oftentimes what happens is we have a tendency is that we want to, you know, draw away from him. We think the Lord doesn't love us or he doesn't care or, you know, he's indifferent. No, he still loves you. He's still there. He's not going to leave you as orphans and he's going to work. But waiting on him, he desires to do wonderful work in increasing our faith 
and seeing um, that he is faithful. And so, Father, I do pray for Chloe. I just pray for her, um, for all the things that she's waiting on, that you would provide for her and her husband financially, that you would minister to him physically, Lord, that spiritually, that you would help her to just trust in you and know that you love her, that you're still with her. You promise you'll never leave us or forsake us. Your promises are true, and that she would not only trust in you, but rest in what you're doing in her life and her husband. I thank you for his service, and I just pray that he would get the medical help he needs, that you bring strength to him, that you bring wisdom to them, and that, Lord, that they would just see your goodness and your strength as you promised those who wait, and that they would see also, Lord, that they would see just your your grace. And that's what we need. We need your grace, Lord, your compassion. And I just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for your time. It means so much to me. You bet, Chloe. Keep in touch, okay? Thank you. You bet. Absolutely. You know, one of the things that answers the text question that came in, so, um, you know, I think a lot of you are perhaps waiting on something. I know there's some things in my life I've been waiting on the Lord and and just keep drawing close to him, keep looking to him, trusting in him and resting uh, that he's doing the very best, even though we may not understand it. We may not understand why, but he but he does see us and um, and he is still working. So I hope that's a word of encouragement to you. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number the text line seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. We're going to go out to the east coast of Maryland, Kimberly. Hi, Kimberly. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Um, good. My first question. So um, I'm uh, I've been born again Christian for about three years, and uh, I did grow up. My grandma was a reverend, so uh, I'm very aware of a lot of. The scriptures, um, uh, they've been true to my heart, um, but I'm just diving more in and, and getting deeper and, and, of course, getting to know God and Jesus. So the questions, um, I have two questions. The one question is, in Revelation, when Jesus speaks about rebuilding the temple, okay, so I'm going to stop there, and then I'm going to go backwards. So in the New Testament, whenever Jesus speaks about the temple, the temple isn't such as a building. It's the temple is, is him. It is the body. So could it be that it's not really a literal meaning of the rebuilding of the, the temple in Jerusalem? Maybe it's the resurrection of his temple that he's coming back to the land that we physically can see his temple? Yeah, you know, I think it's pretty clear in the scriptures, in the book of Revelation, when it speaks of the temple, particularly as we look at chapter 11 of the book of Revelation, I don't know if that's the reference that you're making, but um, but the thing is, we know it's going to be a physical building. The New Testament does talk about how our bodies are the temple of God. The New Testament talks about how the church is the temple. Uh, Peter writes about how there's living stones, that's you and me, being put together in this holy habitation. So he's been building a temple that is the church for 2,000 years. And also there's a mention of that in the book of Hebrews, because the book of Hebrews, those um, Hebrew believers, 
um, they would look at the temple when, when the first century writer, if it was Paul, was writing to them, and they would see that magnificent temple, the second temple. And um, as he is, you know, writing to them, he says, listen, there's there's a habitation from heaven. You know, there's a, even a more important temple, and that is you and me. But in the book of Revelation, chapter 11, it is speaking, excuse me, of a physical building. We do know that you can reference Daniel chapter 9. And in Daniel chapter 9, it speaks about how there's going to be a temple in the tribulation period. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, that the Antichrist will go into the temple of God and he will proclaim himself as God to be worshipped as God. So we do know that there's going to be a temple that is going to be rebuilt. Uh, they're already in the process of doing that, that, not the physical building right now, but you can go to Jerusalem and you can go to a place that's called the Temple Institute and you can see they got all the furnishings ready to go. They got the priestly garments. They're training those in sacrifices. So during that time, there is going to be a physical building. Also, if you read those chapters of Ezekiel 40 through 48, there's going to be another temple that will be on the scene after Jesus comes back to establish his kingdom, that the tribulation temple will be destroyed and then there will be the Millennial Temple, and you can read about that temple in the book of Ezekiel. So I, I believe the book of Revelation is speaking most definitely of a physical building. Yeah. Yeah, there's no—and and John is told, here's the interesting thing, you know, Kimberly, you might, you know, look at this as you read the book of Revelation. John is told to measure the, the temple, but don't measure the outer court because it's been given to the Gentiles— and there's different okay. thoughts on what that is. But, you know, there's, it's interesting when you go to Jerusalem today, and we're going to be taking a trip later on this year to Jerusalem, if right. we have the April opportunity. The May, right? Yeah, if we it's go April up on the temple. Right? We're not going in May. I'm going in October. So uh, there's okay. different Calvaries and stuff going. But, you know, when you go up on the Temple Mount, there's this open field, and they believe Dr. Asher Kaufman, a geophysicist, has done all this study and written papers on it. But they think that's perhaps where Solomon's Temple was. So could it be that that's been given to the Gentiles as a reference to the Dome of the Rock? Is it going to be where the Antichrist sets up his headquarters? Just kind of interesting to look at all that, but it is going to be fulfilled, as, as Jesus said. Okay? Yeah. Yeah, I said there's one other question. Um, is so the, I get really confused at this part, and I'm sure probably new Christians do too. So I know, you know, God and, and, and Jesus are one in the Holy Spirit. But when it comes to praying, you know, when do we speak of, or when do we pray to God and when do we pray to Jesus? Or is it praying to God in Jesus' name always? That's where I get always confused. And the other thing is I've heard um, pastors speak in, I know it's in Revelation, and again, being new, so bear with me. But in Revelation, there's a big, uh, it's a Lord with a big L and a small L, right? So there's two Lords, right, in, L, in um, Revelation. Not two Lords. By, mean, by no means are there two Lords. But there's two different identical ways in Revelations that they're just, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> well, I, are you understanding I don't, where I'm going? I do, I do know that in the Old Testament, there is... L-O-R-D, capitalized, that's the yeah. name of God. 
it's speaking. Right. And then Lord yeah. can be used like uh, in another way, um, you know, th- th- when it's speaking of like, uh, you know, Sarah called Abraham Lord. So that's the small case, Lord. So that's what I see in the Old Testament. I'm not so familiar with it. I'm thinking of it um, in the book of Revelation. But whenever no, you see L- okay. L-O-R-D, capitalized, that that's the name of God. And then, um, and it may be Revelation chapter 4, um, the heavenly okay. scene. I'd have to look at it and pull it up. Um, holy, 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 Lord, L-O-R-D. Lord Almighty, that's to the Lord that they're singing. Uh, but that's all I, I really can think of. So can't help you there, but we got break. And I appreciate you calling, Kimberly. And keep asking those questions. Keep in touch with us, okay? Hey, we got an open line, 303-690-3000. the call-in number. Give me a call. We'll continue to talk about the things of the Lord. We'll be right back on the other side of the break. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. Pastor Jeff Biggs with you this afternoon. Beautiful day here in Colorado. I pray you're doing well. You just heard those numbers, how you can contact me and ask a question or uh, give a prayer request. I'd love for you to call. We got an open line, 303-690-3000. Then the text line, that number was given to you. Be safe if you're texting, 720-336-0897. And love to just be able to minister to you the best I know how and take you to the Word of God, encourage you, pray with you. That's really what Calvary Live is about, to just um, just you know, let's talk about the things of the Lord to encourage one another and and uh, look at the truth of God's Word. And I pray that you are blessed if you're perhaps listening in your car or maybe uh, you're at home or maybe finishing up work. Uh, so glad that you've joined us here on Calvary Live. We're going to go to the phone lines in just a little bit. I do want to just uh, put a quick announcement uh, as on Sunday mornings here in northern Colorado that we're going to start a new book. We finished Galatians. It was a powerful study, Galatians. So many people uh, responded by saying they uh, were freed up from trusting in performance or trusting in um, the law or trusting in uh, you know, a, a ritual, whatever, to gain God's approval, salvation, to be justified before God. We trust in Him, and we really learned that um, it is faith alone and Christ alone. And then what it means is He gives the gospel of grace, how it is that we live in grace, and how we extend grace to others. It was a wonderful study. You you can look at those studies, listen to them on our website, calvarychapelgreeley.org.org. Or you can download our free app, Calvary Chapel Greeley, on your phone or or on your tablet. And we got all the latest teachings there. We're going to start a new book in Philippians, uh, the Book of Joy. And I think a lot of people, even recently over the last couple of years, have lost their joy. So we're going to go back and we're going to do a study in Philippians, as Paul was there in prison, chained to a Roman guard, and he uses that word joy or rejoicing nineteen times in four chapters, not knowing what's going to happen to him, if he's going to be put to death or he's going to be released. And I think it's a real key as we go through the book of Philippians 
to learn about joy, to learn about humility, to have a singleness of heart. Uh, it's going to be a wonderful study. So join us for that. We have three morning services, 8, 9, 30, and 11. <clears throat> you can join us live stream, 9, 30, and 11, uh, if you're you know outside the area. And uh, join us then. But those of you around the Greeley area, come and see us, calvarychapelgreeley.org. We'll get you there to the website where we're located. Love to serve you and your family. In the meantime, we do have an open line. I just gave you that number, 303-690-3000. Bill has been waiting in Westminster. Bill? Yes. Hey, you're on Calvary Live. Hey, Pastor. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Thanks for taking my call. Absolutely. Thanks for waiting. Of course, yeah. No, I, I had uh, something I wanted to ask you. Um, in the past here, Pastor, I've, I've listened to a lot of uh, prophecy-type studies in the last 10 years, so I'm, I'm fairly knowledgeable. I've listened to Dave Love, who I absolutely love his teachings, and Ed Taylor, and you, of course, mm-hmm. and Daniel, so I've learned quite a bit. But um, the other day, I just had a question for you. The other day I was listening to John MacArthur, who I've enjoyed in the past and seems to be a fairly knowledgeable Bible teacher. Would you say that he is? Yeah, he's very knowledgeable. Okay. Well, he was talking about, um, his message was on, could Jesus come today, which was really pretty good. In the bottom, there's a comment line. I'm sure you're probably familiar. Um, And this person had put this comment in, so I'll read this to you, and I just want to get your feedback on what you think about it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'll go ahead and I'll read it. So it said, um, when Jesus and Peter spoke about heaven and earth passing away, they were talking about the passing away of the old covenant, not heaven and earth in the universe. Heaven and earth passed away when the old covenant was abolished by the destruction of the temple and the Jewish priesthood and Mosaic sacraments in A.D. 70. And his comment was, biblically literate people should know this. What's your take on that? Well, you just just kind of digesting what you said and stuff. I think, you know, the Old Covenant, what I look at is Jesus came, fulfilled the law and the prophets, and that the New Covenant started at the time of Jesus. Matter of fact, it, it tells us that John the Baptist was the last of the prophets. Um, the New Covenant was there Jesus died for his sins, cried out, it is finished, rose from the grave. And so at that point, you know, the work was finished. Jesus died for his sins once and for all. Um, And so that's what the whole book of Hebrews, I think, is about, is that there's a better covenant, there's a better sacrifice. Jesus is superior to any religious leader. The, The old covenant had to be abolished. But Jesus fulfilled that, and Jesus was the one that provided for that. Okay, all right. So so you would tend to agree more like I do, that this person's comment was not fact or not well, true. It, it seems like their opinion, really, it yeah, doesn't, didn't sound right to yeah. me. They did do sacrifices up till 70 A.D. Of course. But he seems to indicate that the Old Covenant didn't go away till building was destroyed. Correct. And, um, and I don't, I don't think that's what the scripture is telling us. It, it was fulfilled when Jesus, you know, um, the new covenant beginning when he rose from the grave. So, and that's um, what I, I don't thought think, as yeah. Well. And that's, 
that's what I take. So, but you're yeah, much interesting more comment. than I am, so I just wanted to ask you. <laughs> and then lastly, and I know you got other calls, so I'll try to make it quick here. The last okay. gal that called, and her last question to you was, should we pray to the Father or should we pray to Jesus? And I've, I've had some confusion in that myself, and the reason is, is I used to pray to Jesus pretty much, and that was all. But then I heard a pastor say that don't forget to pray to the Father. And ever since then, I've been just a little kind of confused. So can you clarify that for me? Usually the pattern what we see in the Scripture is is that we pray to the Father in the name of Jesus, you know, being directed and guided by the Holy Spirit. Um, the reason is, is because Jesus brought us reconciliation with the Father. When you read Romans chapter 8, when you read the book of Galatians, that we now have the spirit of adoption, not the spirit of fear, but the spirit of adoption, where we can cry out, Abba, Father, or Papa. So Jesus said, when you pray, pray in this manner, our Father. And when he said that, that was absolutely incredible, what he said. Um, he, you know, the religious leaders thought, how dare, you know, that you call God Father, and what... um you know, you're telling the people, the disciples, is pray to our Father. So it speaks of relationship that comes through Jesus Christ. But you know what? I, I don't, that's the pattern that we use, Bill, but don't, there are times where I say, Jesus, I need you. <laughs> yeah, and you know? I do the same thing. And then when I pray to the Father, and I always end in Jesus' name, then I kind of feel bad and guilty that I'm not praying to Jesus and question, am I doing this correctly? Well, you're I'm doing trying it. to have a relationship with Jesus, and, and it is your relationship with Jesus that yeah. is what it's yeah. all about. So it was just a little confusing to me, so I certainly don't want to ignore Jesus. No, and you're not, because, you know, Jesus, you know, um, you know, he told us to pray to our Father. He did. You know, and, and so we're not ignoring when we pray in Jesus' name. It's different than when somebody says, oh, God, you know, uh, even, even unfortunately, there are those who call themselves Christian pastors that will say, you know, God known by many names. There's only one name, and you know, and you know, one God, and Jesus and the Father are one, and and so to to pray to the Father, the only reason we can do that is through Jesus Christ, and we pray in his name. So I wouldn't overcomplicate it. Okay. You're not ignoring Jesus. Um, Jesus, you know, glorifies the Father, is what he said. Okay. And he brings us to the Father. The Holy Spirit points us to Jesus. So they're all in unison working together. And there are times, even, Bill, where I've said, you know, Holy Spirit, I need you. I, I need you. Fill me. You know, and I, you know, I cry out to Jesus, but usually the pattern is praying to the Father in the name of Jesus, being directed by the Holy Spirit, okay. and, um, and all in unison working when we pray. Okay, and I know that God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit are one God, but three, right. I mean, it, there's just things we're just not capable of understanding this side of heaven, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I just want to make sure my relationship with Jesus is right, because it is through Jesus only right. that you go to the Father, correct? Right. Yeah. Okay. Only right. through Jesus. Uh, all right. Well, and that, that's, that clears it up. I don't, uh, <laughs> yeah, I and don't want to he disrespect said, Jesus. No, you're not. Okay. And he said in that upper room that no one comes to the Father except through me. 
Correct. So, so, and then you can read, you know, read that priestly prayer as well, Bill. Okay. In John chapter 17, I think that also, okay. you know, how Jesus talks about the oneness and glorifying the Father, and I think that'll help you. Okay, and I've really enjoyed your studies on Daniel. I really... Thank you. God is just using you wonderfully, and I just am really grateful. So thank you so much for taking my call and clarifying for me. You bet. Appreciate the encouragement. you and your family abundantly. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Okay, take care. All right, Bill. 303-690-3000, call-in number. Text line 720-336-0897. I believe we have a couple open lines, so I've got plenty of time in the show. So give me a call. Love to talk with you and and um, and just uh, encourage you. Let's go to Paulette. Paulette, are you there? I am here. Thank you for holding. I know you've been holding a little while. That's okay. I would hold all day for you all. Y'all are awesome. Y'all are wonderful. <laughs> and I am so, I thank God for y'all so much just for taking the time and listening. Because I know people will be saying, well, I got another, got another question, got another question. And I am just grateful. I thank God for y'all. I'm constantly praying for y'all because y'all words are so encouraging. And it helps me every, I listen to y'all every day. And it helps me. Good. And it just, it just, I am grateful to y'all so very much. Well, I'm grateful for you calling. I appreciate it. This is my situation. Okay. I am, I am, even even in the past few months and years, I have gotten so much closer to God and His studying, and I'm so looking forward to being with Jesus. I'm so looking forward to the rapture and everything, because I just want to be with God so much. And my family members, I'm praying for them, because I, I want, like, like he said, I want none to perish and all to come to repentance, and I want everybody to be with him. But I know that's mm-hmm. not the case. I have a family member whom I love dearly, and she lives with her boyfriend, and they've been together about five years now, and I keep asking her about marrying him, if you're going to marry him, but you can't just be living with him because it's not right in the sight of God, and you're going through so much, and because we're not lined up with God, you know, these are some things that God is just not pleased with our life. And she keeps telling right. me, I'm, our, I'm married in God's sight. I said, no, you're not. And she said, well, man law is just to have this certificate and, and, and this wedding ceremony and everything. But as far as God is concerned, I'm married. And I just need something to tell her scripture, something to let her know that, no, this is not right in the sight of God. Yeah. And I, you know, th- I can hear that a lot. I can hear that of... You know, we're married. We're married in the sight of God because we declared it. And, and that's not what the scripture shows us. What I see in the scriptures from Old Testament into the New Testament is that the, the public wedding ceremony was very important to enter into this covenant of marriage. We see the first miracle that Jesus did was at the wedding feast at Canaan. But even in the Old Testament marriage, that was a big deal, you know, to get married. And there was usually a couple steps. They, they sometimes would get engaged, you know, at a young age, you know, family made arrangements and stuff. That's just the way it was. And then they would go into that espousal period. And in that espousal period, for about a year, they were considered legally married, but they didn't live together. That was the period that Mary and Joseph were in 
when uh-huh. Mary was found with child with Jesus, and um, she had not known a man. So when you read that, the the espouse wife of Joseph, um, he went to Bethlehem with the spouse wife, betrothed to Mary. That's that usually about a year as he would prepare, you know, to be able to provide for his future family, his bride. But they didn't live together. They didn't consummate the marriage. And then the wedding ceremony would happen. And the wedding ceremony was a big deal. And it was a big celebration. And it usually lasted for about a week. So there's there's a lot of that went on in the ancient marriage ceremony. But we see that Jesus puts the stamp of approval on the public ceremony, um, you know, in John chapter 2. So... You know, to enter into that covenant of marriage is coming together before friends and witnesses and entering into that covenant and then also recognizing it publicly. And sometimes I'll ask people, okay, you say you're married in the sight of God. How do you file your taxes? I was just talking to somebody about it not long ago. Oh, we file single. Well, are you married or not married? Um, and so, um, this covenant of marriage is to be honored. It is to be taken seriously. It is God's holy institution. It is between a man and a woman. And, and just to live together, to me, is an excuse to say that we're married. Now, there are those who will say that we're common law married. And the thing that I don't like about common law married is that it is something that is done to you because a lot of states put that on the books in case two couples live together and they have property together, they have children together. It's to protect usually the the woman if the man just gets up and leaves. So the commitment needs to be there of marriage. And I, I don't understand why couples would say we're going to live together, but we're not going to enter into that covenant of marriage. Um, and, you know, there's, it, it, there needs to be that commitment of entering into that covenant and honoring God in that public ceremony, um, you know, before him and exchanging vows and, uh, that commitment to, to love each other for as long as they both shall live. And that's Jesus said. You know, they came to him and asked him about marriage. He said, have you not read that a man shall leave his mother and father and cleave to his wife and the two shall become one flesh? Therefore, what God has joined together, let no man put asunder or separate. And it's his intention is to have a couple be married for the rest of their lives, right? And and then there was that certificate of divorce. Well, you know, to say we're married in the sight of God— uh, does not hold to scripture, and um, there's real problems with that. Right, and I agree with you. And because you know, even in in our conversation, she'll say, "Well, we're married inside God." But then when she gets mad, she'll call me and she'll say, "This, this, this," and she uses the words. I'm mean, like, "No, stop! Please stop using the words." First of all, because I don't like them, and then she'll say, "And that's one reason why I won't marry him." Oh, so you're not married now. You know, so I'm like, okay, come on now. You, this is convenient yeah. for you at this time, and then it's not convenient for you at this time. I said, my thing is, would God be proud of your living arrangement? Would, you know, are you pleasing God? Or are you trying to please man? I said, because when you, your ultimate thing is to please God, God, are you pleased with my living, with my words, with my actions? That's who you should be trying to please. And it just bothers me so because I just, I just want them to do right. Yeah, and you do, Paulette, and I, I can sense 
you know, I was really blessed as you're saying, you're waiting for the Lord to come. You can't wait to be with him in heaven. You know, you have a love for the Lord. So I, I, I want to just kind of steer you maybe in a little different direction. When somebody, you know, comes along and, and they, they say, well, we're married in the sight of God or we're going to, God loves us the way we are. We're just going to live this way that I always tried to just point them back. There's, there's something wrong in their devotion or love for the Lord. Are they even believers? Um, to, to, to say that and to do that. And what you need to do is go back to the gospel, go back to, you know, the Lord loves you and, and for them to, you know, pray that they would surrender their lives to the Lord and that they would come to the Lord. And that's the real key, the very foundation. Um, because people can say, well, we're married in God's eyes. What does that mean? Do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ? You know, you need to repent, turn to him. He loves you. He died for you. And so just keep giving her Jesus Christ and him crucified. And, you know, Paulette, that's, uh, there's power in the gospel. And it's the power to change, you know, our lives. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God for salvation. But when Paul went to Corinth, Corinth was a very, very carnal city, uh, very carnal. Um, it was like, uh, to be called a Corinthian was a very derogatory term. And there was a lot of immorality that was going on in, in the city. And Paul comes into Corinth and he said, when I first came to you, I came with much fear and trembling. And I didn't come with the wisdom of man, but I came in a power and demonstration of the Holy Spirit, determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. So you pray for her. And you keep talking with her, giving her truth, but you give her Jesus Christ and him crucified so they can truly come to the Lord and um, and surrender their lives to him. Amen. I sure would. Thank you so much. That that has helped me so much in now in my conversation with her. So thank you so much. May God continue Good to bless point. you, your ministry, your family, and everything. And we're just going to continue to pray for our country and our nation that, yeah. you know, the people yeah. would just turn from their ways and seek God like he needs to be solid after. Thank, thank you, Paula. I appreciate your encouragement. Thank you so much. I'll be blessed and continue to let God use you. Yeah, and you keep in touch with me how it's going as you're just just telling them of the love of Jesus Christ. You know, we always take them to the cross. That's where the answers are. So thanks, Paulette. Blessings to you. Thank you. I sure will. I'll, I'll keep in touch, and hopefully she'll change some things, and, and I would definitely update you. Thank you so much, and God bless. Hey, Paulette, let's pray for her right now, okay? Okay, definitely. Thank you. Lord, we do pray um, right now for uh, Paulette as she's praying for, um, you know, just her family member that is just living with somebody. She loves her family. She loves you. She wants them to come to the knowledge of the truth, to be saved. And Lord, I just pray that you would open up her eyes and, and the individual she's living with and that they would come to the cross. They would come to the gospel and surrender their lives to you. And Lord, as they become new creations in Christ, that they would have desire to walk with you. So I pray that you give Paulette just um, the ability, the wisdom, the um, insight uh, to just speak truth and love. And Lord, to keep pointing them to to you and your 
love and graciousness and that they would come to salvation. They would come to desire to walk in obedience. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you so much. You bet, Paulette. God bless you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hey, we're getting towards the end of the show. We got all open lines, but I think I'll go to the um, to the text line. Somebody was asking um, that has texted in the last couple of days, uh, why should we study the Old Testament? And sometimes I'll hear once in a while, not often, but once in a while, people will say, well, it's not important to study the Old Testament. And usually what they you know uh, mean is, the first five books of the Bible or Leviticus, Deuteronomy, uh, many of those books. And it is important for us to study the Old Testament uh, because, first of all, that we know that it is Paul that was writing to Timothy. And some of the last words of Paul is that Timothy, all Scripture is inspired by God. That is, God breathed and put to the page. It is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and instruction in righteousness that we may be thoroughly thoroughly equipped for every good work. So we do know that all of it from Genesis to Revelation is profitable for us. It is God speaking to us. And as we read the Old Testament, um, the Old Testament, there's so much for us there. It reveals God to us. Um, it, it tells us Genesis, uh, how there's a creator that created the heavens and the earth. Um, and then the fall of man. That's very important for us to understand, uh, that he promised a redeemer would come and that redeemer would eventually, uh, come and, uh, would, um, you know, as in the person of Jesus Christ to redeem us from our sins. And then as you go through, the, you know, how God established the nation and the covenant with Abraham and, and brought the law and the sacrifices and the sacrifices were just a picture and pointed to the one who would come and be a sacrifice for our sins once and for all. There's so much that is in the Old Testament. We can't fully understand the New Testament unless we know the Old Testament that is given to us. As you go through the Gospels, we see the prophecies that are told that Jesus fulfilled the coming of Messiah that you see throughout the Old Testament. You have the Psalms that bring comfort. Um, You have Proverbs that brings wisdom. Uh, There's so much that is there. So we don't want to ignore the Old Testament. And then even in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, I believe, is where Paul says that these things of the Old Testament, these accounts that we read of, are written for our admonition. So the Old Testament is important to to read, to understand, to go through, to make application. Jesus said to the religious leaders that you search the Scriptures, and in them you think you have eternal life, but these are they which which speak of me. And he was speaking of the Old Testament Scriptures. So as we go through the Old Testament, you know, you might think, well, why do we need to— to look at the tabernacle. Well, the tabernacle speaks of Jesus. And then John comes along and says that, that Jesus in John chapter one, he tabernacled among us. And, and as he became man, uh, the son of God, uh, we know that, uh, those sacrifices again, it points to Jesus. It's all fulfilled by Jesus. Um, even the, the furnishings speak of Jesus, this showbread table. He's the bread of life. Uh, the menorah that was the source of light in the holy place, uh, that he is uh, the light of the world. Um, you know, it, it just, there's so much that is there 
um, that we can glean from, learn from, uh, and knowing all of the canon of Scripture. That's why we go through the books of the Bible chapter by chapter and verse by verse here. And in the same paragraph that Paul writes that all Scripture is inspired by God, that he would also say to Timothy that in the last days it's going to be perilous times, uh, that there's going to be those that will come on the scene and uh, they have a misdirected love. It's going to be perilous, has the me- meaning of very violent days, very fierce days. There are going to be those who will come along that are going to be of corrupt minds. They're going to be of counterfeit, that know this, Timothy, that those who live godly in Christ Jesus must suffer persecution. As you and I are, you know, uh, living for the Lord. And the Bible tells us how to live for him, to walk the highway of holiness, how to live in righteousness. And he desires for us to do that. We're not to walk after the world, but as we are learning of him and as we're walking with him, there will be some form of persecution because the world will come against us. And oftentimes we we hear about, you know, what do we do as Christians in the day in which we are in? You know, how do we minister to others? What should be an emphasis in the church today? And Paul, I think, gives us some great insight in Second Timothy chapter 3, and that is that, Timothy, you must continue in the scriptures that you learned from childhood. And so we try to get the Word of God into the hearts of our kids and our youth and for us adults. That's why we place an importance of the Word of God here at Calvary Chapel. We need the Word of God, especially in these perilous times that we're in. And you as parents, give your kids the Word of God. Train them up in the ways of the Lord, uh, because even on the radios, we're going through the book of Daniel Babylon's going to try to take them captive. And so we want them to give them a firm foundation in God's truth. So um, so anyway, keep studying the Word. Such a blessing to hear those who are growing in the Word. God bless you. Thank you, everyone, who called in today. Have a wonderful evening. And looking forward to the next time I'm with you. God bless you. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.